क्लास ट्वेल्व स्टूडेंट्स ऑफ सेंट जोसेफ स्कूल इन गंज बसोडा टाउन ऑफ मध्य प्रदेश विदिशा डिस्ट्रिक्ट राइटिंग द मैथ्स पेपर ऑन सिक्स डिसम्बर दिस वॉज द बॉर्ड एग्जाम माइंड यू समथिंग दैट स्ट्रेस टू बी अ करियर मेकर इन दिस कंट्री बट लिटल डिट दी एक्सपेक्ट टू फाइंड द स्कूल अंडर अटैक इन द मिडल ऑफ द एग्जाम Based on an allegation about eight students being converted into Christianity in a conversion drive, members of Hindutva groups, including the VHP, get out the school around noon that day. Video footage from the school show a mob of around 300 to 500 people chanting "Jai Shri Ram" and "Missionaries Murdabad" outside the school gate. Some miscreants who managed to get inside the school were also seen to be pelting stones at the building and vandalizing school property. Following that 11 people were arrested however all of those save 3 were released on bail later and the police told the queen that prima facie there was no evidence of any conversion now although it's been a week since the actual incident happened why we're talking about it now is because unfortunately this kind of an attack against the christian minority is not a one off event it's becoming a grotesque pattern rather with churches being frequently ransacked across the country and prayer meetings being disrupted by hindutva mobs on mere suspicions of forced religious conversions the dangerous rhetoric around conversions is sometimes also getting abetted by elected governments in states like bjp ruled karnataka for instance who are giving credence to such sentiments with anti conversion law proposals but are anti conversion laws constitutional are religious conversions all illegal Is the freedom to practice one's faith fast diminishing in India? Is the country not safe for religious minorities anymore? In this episode, you will hear voices from ground zero of teachers, parents, VHP leaders to piece together what really happened at St Joseph School, where these suspicions of forced conversions are stemming from, and how are people responding to these allegations. We'll also be joined by our legal editor, Vakasha Sachdev. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. This is your host, Shorbury. Long before this attack took place at the school, the germ of his suspicion of religious conversions was already doing the rounds on social media. The National Commission of Protecting Child Rights had written to the Vidisha Collector and District Magistrate, alleging that in a Holy Communion service held on 31st October at Saint Joseph's Parish. Eight children were converted to Christianity. The allegations were made based on a clipping from an article of sorts of the Saint Joseph's Church, which showed eight children participating at the Holy Communion. And it's this very allegation which was at the root of the attack on Saint Joseph's School. While speaking to the Queen's correspondent Vishnu Kant, a teacher at the school who wished to remain anonymous recalls how there were miscreants carrying rods. She talks about how stone pelting disrupted the exam that students were writing and how frightened they were. The paper they were writing was shaken. Ma'am, what is happening? Are there sounds coming? The students who were writing their exams were frightened. They asked, "Ma'am, what's happening?" There was a loud noise outside. Stones were being pelted inside the classroom. We raced to the upper section of the school building with the test papers and everything else hoping that the mob won't be able to reach us there. There was stone pelting there as well. Wahan par bhi patthar aa gaye the. Kaanch toota hua dala tha aaj bhi aap class mein ja ke check kar sakte ho. The school authorities claimed that they had received word of such a gherao being planned and that they had also alerted the police beforehand. Yet as we know 
days later on 6th december a mob of men attacked the school with children in it and the teacher alleges that the police did not help the school authorities hum logon ne suchna hum logon ne milkar teachers ne principal ne ek letter banaya tha aur thana prabhari ke naam se together the teachers and the principal of the school including me had drafted a letter in hindi and sent it to the thana but we didn't get any protection from them only four policemen had come and they just stood and watched they didn't stop the mob maybe they were wondering about how to control such a big mob uh, nonetheless it was the police's responsibility we had alerted them beforehand when we received word of such an impending attack on the school yet they made no attempt to protect us lai mein aa raha hai ki hamare school ko ghera jane wala hai ye sab sthiti hum unko avgat kara chuke the uske baad bhi police prashasan ne हमारे स्कूल को बचाने की कोई कोशिश नहीं की नो कमिंग टू द एलिगेशन ऑफ कन्वर्शन चिल्ड्रेन इन फैक्ट कन्वर्टेड इन टू क्रिस्टानिटी वूडेंट्स ऑफ सेंट जोसेफ स्कूल विच वॉज घेर आउट थ्रू अ ग्राउंड रिपोर्टर्स दिस इज वट वीव लर्न सोफा फर्स्ट द पेरेंट ऑफ एटलीस्ट वन ऑफ द एट चिल्ड्रेन कन्फर्म्ड दैट दे वर ऑल ऑलरेडी अ पार्ट ऑफ द क्रिस्टियन कम्युनिटी लिसन इन कोई धर्म परिवर्तन नहीं ये हमारी एक धार्मिक विधि है जिसको परम प्रसाद संस्कार कहते हैं There were no conversions. This is one of our Christian ceremonies, and my child was part of it along with seven other children. I can tell you that I am Christian by birth. My parents were Christians, and I hail from South India. कि मैं by birth Christian हूँ. मेरे माता-पिता Christian थे और मैं South India belong करता हूँ. And second, in response to the allegation of conversion drive, Father Josley of Saint Joseph's Parish confirmed that a Holy Communion did happen. but for christian children the service is meant for only those who are already christians and he also says that he has no knowledge about which school the eight children attended or the children who actually go to the school हमारा एक धार्मिक विधि है ईसाई बच्चों को ही एक परम प्रसाद करके एक संस्कार होली कम्युनियन सर्विस इज ओनली मेंट फॉर क्रिश्चियन चिल्ड्रन पीपल फ्रॉम अदर रिलीजंस कांट बी अ पार्ट ऑफ दिस एट ऑल यस वी डेफिनेटली हैड अ सर्विस बट समबडी सर्कुलेटेड द वीडियो विद माल इंटेंशंस एंड रॉन्ग इंफॉर्मेशन दैट वी कन्वर्टेड हिंदू चिल्ड्रन दिस इज बेसलेस इट इज एन आउटराइट लाई एज फार एज आई नो नन ऑफ दोस एट चिल्ड्रन स्टडी इन सेंट जोसेफ स्कूल एंड आई एम अ प्रीस्ट बाय प्रोफेशन I don't know which child attends which school. मैं जानता हूँ मैं उनका एक भी वहाँ पे बच्चा दाखिला नहीं है और मैं यहाँ का पल्ली परोदिया ने पूजा रही हूँ मेरे को स्कूल में कहा हम कौन बच्चे पढ़ते उसकी जानकारी नहीं रहता है Now in India we've seen rumor mongering leading to a loss of many of few innocent lives. If you look at the several lynching incidents that have taken place across states, a lot of them were based on unverified WhatsApp forwards and fake news being peddled as truth. So the question is who would really be responsible had any of the school children been hurt in this violent demonstration that took place on the basis of what seems to be merely a suspicion would the organizers of the demonstration take responsibility the queen spoke to neelish agarwal vhp leader who is a part of this quote unquote demonstration he says that the issue is not about a protest of violence he believes that the hindu samaj is being looted that they're being converted into other religions through quote unquote love jihad or missionary education मुद्दा आंदोलन का या हिंसा का नहीं है मुद्दा जो है कि एक विचारधारा का है आज बहुसंख्यक हिंदू समाज दिस इज नॉट एन इंसिडेंट दिस इज रिलीजियस कन्वर्जन दिस हैज बीन हैपनिंग फॉर इयर्स इन चर्चेस इन सेंट जोसेफ स्कूल इन विलेजेस इन द नेम ऑफ सर्विस इन द नेम ऑफ एजुकेशन चिल्ड्रन आर बीइंग कन्वर्टेड टू क्रिश्चियनिटी वी आर अगेंस्ट एनी काइंड ऑफ कन्वर्जन 
Now the concerning fact is not simply this incident. The larger point to note here is that this sentiment of Hindu religion being under attack through a spike in conversions, that very sentiment has been roiling amongst hardliner Hindutva groups. We've seen love jihad laws being promulgated in several states without any shred of evidence resulting in the harassment of interfaith couples. In one of our podcasts we had also talked about how several investigations into love jihad allegations had come to naught. You can check out the link on the show notes. But moving on, we're seeing businesses being owned by Muslim minorities under attack. We're seeing sanctioned namaz grounds shrinking due to protests from Hindutva groups. And now, add to that, attacks on churches over conversion drive allegations. Now, if you look at Madhya Pradesh alone, there have been reports of VHP threatening to demolish churches in Jhabua district, accusing priests of forcefully converting Hindus to Christianity. Locals have also alleged that instead of offering protection, they're facing harassment from police and local administration. In fact, elsewhere in the capital, Delhi, a warehouse that was converted into a church was vandalized in the Dwarka locality. On the same day, Karnataka's Bellu town saw a similar incident where alleged members of Bajrang Dal disrupted a Christian prayer meeting, accusing the community of conversion. And speaking of Karnataka, where the Basavaraj Bommairan government is planning to introduce an anti-conversion bill, the state government has itself ordered a survey of churches in the state to check, quote-unquote, forced conversions. We also have an in-depth coverage on this by a senior correspondent, Nikhila Henry. You can check out the Quinn website or find the link to our reports on the show notes. In certain instances, we've also seen openly instigating statements being made against the Christian minorities, such as the incident in Chhattisgarh, where Hindutva leader Swami Parmatmanand, in the presence of BJP leaders, called for, quote-unquote, beheading of those who come for religious conversions. And this was said at a protest organized against an alleged rise in religious conversions of Hindus to Christianity. But to crunch down such incidents into numbers, just so you get an idea of how many of such attacks have spiked in the country, a report titled... Christians Under Attack in India, which was released by a joint initiative of non-governmental organizations such as Association for Protection of Civil Rights, the United Christian Forum and United Against Hate, found out that 305 such cases happened across the country just between January and September. Looking at this number, the question to ask is, is there a ban on religious conversions in a constitutional democracy like India? Assuming that religious conversions do happen, is it all illegal? And what really counts as an illegal conversion? The Quint's legal editor Vakasha Sachdev says that the one thing to remember is that there can be no blanket ban in a constitutional democracy. So what you have to understand, uh, what we have to remember actually is that religious conversion, what is it at the end of the day? It's the exercise of a personal choice. It's the exercise of personal freedom to decide that you want to change a personal faith. Uh, you know, leaving aside sort of, let's not get into, to start with the question of what the constitution says and first principles, is this something which we can consider should ever be illegal? No, because if someone wants to change their faith, that's a purely personal decision. It is not anyone else's business, despite our, our history of religiosity, the massive way in which religion plays a huge function in public life and private life. 
you know, the Indian constitution is one which is built for providing freedom, which is built for ensuring protections, which, uh, you know, have to be there for people to truly be free. So that is why you very, very much see, uh, you very, very much cannot say that all conversion in India would be illegal. If you're going to say, okay, all right, but there have to be some instances where things go wrong. Uh, that's obvious, right? Now, if someone's grabbing someone by the throat and saying, now you've changed your religion or else, or they're threatening someone else, or they've defrauded them, they've told them, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do this for your family if you convert, and then they don't do it. Now, these are cases where basically the person's choice is no longer like their actual choice. It's, it's a very basic, simple idea of consent, right? What is actually truly consensual, what is not? The moment there's anything which kind of which, which comes in, which takes away the person's actual ability and agency to make their decision, then that should obviously become illegal. So, which is why obviously force and fraud and misrepresentation clearly become grounds to do so. Now, the thing, of course, is that force is something which can be either complained about by the person who's made the conversion. They can later say it's there, or, or misrepresentation or fraud as well. But these, you know, these are grounds which are fairly easy to prove and show. So that that's the idea behind what uh, behind saying okay now these should be illegal uh, ways uh, to have conversion. The problem, of course, is that in India, because of the panic and the hysteria and the rhetoric about uh, anti-conversion, we have seen a history of it not being restricted to these uh, very clear and understandable grounds um, for, for making certain conversions illegal. So it's not just force and fraud in India, we also have this weird concept of allurement which comes in, in many state laws which deal with this, which is a lot more tricky because it even brings within its ambit things like saying, okay, maybe material gain for which someone may convert a religion. I mean, again, how should that matter to the state or to the society at large? Even if I want to switch to another religion because they're saying they'll give me uh, a few lakhs of rupees, how is that anyone else's business? But it, it's not just that which, which gets hit by this concept of allurement, you also get um, uh, the, the idea of, of, of changing to a, changing a religion for a better life, for a promise of a better life. Uh, and this is particularly problematic given the way, uh, you know, you have many Dalit and tribal communities and people from lower caste who switch religion for a chance at a life with more dignity. So this is a huge, and, and, and it's clear that that is the objective of including this kind of thing, is to stop those people from converting, which shows you just how much in bad faith these uh, conversion laws are. Now, Article 25 protects the right to freely profess, practice and propagate one's religion. Moreover, in April 2021, the Supreme Court also reiterated that people are free to choose their religion. Justice Nariman had in fact pointed out, why do you think that's the word propagate? However, currently four states, Uttar Pradesh, Himachal Pradesh, Uttarakhand and Madhya Pradesh, have enacted anti-conversion laws which seek to prevent love jihad or conversion for the purpose of marriage. But are such laws constitutionally valid? Is the state legitimizing unconstitutional sentiments by such laws? I mean, the newer spate of laws which um, have come after this, or which are tied to this whole frenzy and panic over love jihad, I mean, they're, they're basically just anti-Muslim uh, uh, legal instruments because the objective is ne you're never really going to see anyone caught for a conversion from you know being muslim to hindu and doing it and i think the history of these enactments and the way the cases have gone in in, in these states shows that the idea is basically it's 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 again it's a very dark and unfortunate thing that it's basically about trying to stop conversion of uh, hindus to islam to get married now 
is are these laws constitutionally valid? I mean, there is actually, I mean, the, the, these new laws, which now add this sort of layer of anti-marriage, uh, you know, anti-conversions for marriage, uh, are actually weaker footing than even, uh, you know, the, uh, the the other original laws, which deal with, you know, already a vague concept of like, like allurement. Like already the fact that you've got something like allurement in even the older laws puts them also at risk. Uh, if we look at you know the Supreme Court's jurisprudence over the you know the last few decades on on the right to privacy, on the right to dignity, and the right to choice, so you know there's a lot of judgments, whether it's the Puttaswamy judgment on privacy or whether it's the uh, you know the Hadia verdict, which all deal with uh, the, these kind of matters of personal choice, uh, which would potentially mean that 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 kind of concept of allurement becomes an issue because you're not actually looking at someone doing it without uh, consent. Uh, so, you know, already those kind of laws face a risk of being, uh, uh, you know, illegal because of that aspect. Those which have now introduced these new angles about ma conversion for marriage are even more at risk. And this is something which is very well highlighted, I think, by the Gujarat High Court in its order staying the marriage uh, related provisions of the Gujarat law. Because the Gujarat law uh, also, even though they had an older law, they made amendments to, to add in this nonsense as well. Now, when this was done, the Gujarat High Court stayed these marriage uh, conversion for marriage provisions and, and expressly pointed this out it said that if you're that this is not a matter of of coercion or someone being forced to do something where they don't have an actual choice this is a purely personal decision which they should be allowed to take and it's nobody else's business so you know th these laws are very clearly i think going to be once there's actual proper judicial scrutiny found to be unconstitutional the what what the state is doing is very much legitimizing unconstitutional sentiments because it's allowing families and local goons and uh, you know village communities to try and, and interfere in interfaith marriages to interfere in these decisions and that's a wrap for this episode but please follow the big story monday to friday for in-depth analytical breakdown of the headline making news of the day for more stories more ground reportage and analytical pieces on this please check out the quinn website if you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.